Holly Cotton here, and today I am joined with the William Robinson Smith, a.k.a. King William, a.k.a. Will, because he told me don't call him by all of his government names. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love it. I love it. And so we are here, and Will is actually going to talk to us about his feature movie, The Ramen, and also tell us about all of the roles that he has, which include writing, directing, editing, and of course, acting as well. So it's so nice to meet you, Will. Pleasure is all mine. Holly, thank you for having me on this show. Yes, thank you, thank you. Thank you for sharing your story. Hopefully we can inspire some other people as well. So before we get into all of the great things about the movie and we go into some of the challenges that you had, all of that stuff that I want to make sure that we kind of share with other people, let's talk about Will's story because what ignited in you at what point in life where you were like, you know what, I think I want to be an actor, but I think I want to also direct and I think I also want to write and I think I <laughs> the list is endless. So can you give us a little bit of insight into how you even found that this was your passion? Well, thank you, Holly, for asking because I love to inspire. Um, it started off actually, uh, <laughs> it's a funny story because the way I fell in love with filmmaking, I don't think anybody has, can, can, can say this, but anyway, the way I fell in love with filmmaking and I decided this is what I wanted to do was when I saw the behind the scenes of The Lion King actually first. I saw that. Movie. One of my favorite movies. Yeah, I saw the behind <laughs> the scenes of The Lion King before I actually saw the movie. Um, and what really intrigued me was uh, these gentlemen, like, these, like and there was none but old white gentlemen in the room, and they all had storyboards all over the wall. And they were just in there talking about the film, how are they going to do it, for as far as the music, the, uh, who the, the actors they're going to put in there to where did they get their inspiration? Like they actually went to Africa and took pictures of, you know, the scenery and brought it back to the studio and draw pictures. So it was like, it was like, damn, they really did all that. And I, I saw it when I was only five years old. So I was able to comprehend and uh, understood what the process was to make this kind of masterpiece, this picture. And ever since then I was hooked. Like. My mom would ask me, what do you want to do when you grow up? I was like, I want to be a filmmaker. Mom, that's what, that's what I'm going to do. So, but a uh, funny story, you know, it, you just don't kind of land in that type of field. It just, you have to go after it or you're born in it, to be honest. Like, you, like your parents were actors or directors and whatnot. But so in doing so, you know, I uh, went to, at first I started to go to the Art Institute, but their program wasn't really a par as far as really understanding the matrix and the technicality of being a filmmaker. So I ventured off and went to LA Film School and that's really where I learned um, how to be a filmmaker because it, it takes a lot. It's a lot of technical in the balance and you know, a lot of hard work. Um, so, but yeah, that's how it started. <laughs> so just, can you kind of sidebar about filmmaker and can you give us a, I know, so for me, I'm not in that world. You know, one, I'm a nurse and two, I'm a media personality. 
neither of those has anything to do with filmmaking. <laughs> so okay, yeah, I say I'm a filmmaker because I'm all I'm all around. Like most people, be like I'm a director, or they'll be like I'm a writer because that's what they do. But me, I am I am what you call like a guru of film, and I can do it all. And it took it took me until my uh, late twenties to decide to actually go full throttle on acting because. I didn't really want to do it at first. I kind of just wanted to be behind the scenes, be the genius behind the camera. But, you know, there are there are countless times where I would film, like I would film, uh, I did um, a few short films that are on IMDb. It's called Cross Addiction, Trigger Happy, and Headache. And in, during those films, I had actors. I had uh, even the actors would come up to me, the uh, people that would just be watching on set would come up to me and be like, yo, why are you not in this film? Like, your, your personality is dope, man. Like, you, you need to do this. Like, you, who you're filming ain't even that interesting. And I would get that a lot. And, like, and it would be kind of like, it would be annoying to me where it's just like, what? why am I not um, going hard and pursuing what I'm naturally good at? So it's a, it's a privilege to be able to be creative like that. So to not use it, it's a sin. And I kind of felt that way for some time where I wasn't using my gifts appropriately. So I had to really just, you know, get over myself and uh, pursue what I wanted to pursue since I was a child. Which mm, okay. Uh, go ahead. I'm well, sorry. that's why I was, I was asking you to kind of define what that was because some people who aren't in that world may not understand. So Filmmaker means that you basically in, uh, basically include all of those things that require that are required to make a film. Yes. Got sure. it. Okay. All right. So I know you said that you have other projects that you've done before we talk about the ramen because we promoting that one right now. But so tell me. Tell me the story of how it was to actually, like you said, direct, edit, write. The first thing that you have that's under your name where you're like, holy crap, that's my baby right there. What was it? And tell us the steps that you actually implemented to get that. Ooh. <laughs> the journey. Um, so the journey started, like I said, this was this, I'm glad you asked that because when I made the ramen, that's when I decided, all right, you're going to have to act, you're going to have to direct, you're going to write it, you're going to, you're going to edit, you're going to produce it. Cause if you keep waiting on everybody, time is going to pass. You got to do it, bro. And I just was like, all right, cool. So after I had that talk with myself. I went into a, like at least it took me, I would say three months to write the ramen, you know, going back and forth with my mentor, Chris G's, he helped me, you know, cue some things in there, you know, and then, um, a few, I think, yeah, Chris G's and then Shannon, Shannon, uh, helped me or, you know, just get it to perfection. But, the, and then after I got done writing it, um, I met this lady, uh, called Lily Camacho. 
And um, she, I told her my idea and I was like, yo, I'm, I'm trying to make this film. And then she was like, you know what? I, I just, uh, she's like, she just came into some money. I would love to invest. And I was like, cool, all I really need is 20,000 uh, 20, to make it work. And uh, she uh, did that. And then once we got the funding, we started filming and that took at least, I would say filming took at least two weeks. Um, but we kind of spread it out. It wasn't just like two weeks straight. It was a few, you know. But yeah, it took about a two week stretch. And then uh, we, I had an assistant editor where she organized the clips for me. And then after she organized the clips, I edited the film and it took me at least, I would say about six months to edit that. <laughs> perfection because you know you're looking at yourself you're looking at the other actors you're like oh i want it to be perfect <laughs> down to the t so man i really was looking at that film like a tooth and nail every time and, uh but i think uh the team and i we did a good job um because yeah i had a mix and master color correction they all did a good job on that you know the movie sounds good it looks good so then after that you know we uh you know, it's like, oh, but mind you, while I'm doing this, I'm speaking everything into existence. I, you know, this is everything. I'm like, all right, this is what I'm going to do. Next step, next step, next step. So after that, while I'm editing, I'm like, all right, where am I going to put this film out? I need distribution. So um, I go, um, I'll add my uh, compadre, uh, Michael Royal, which he done uh, Seventh and Westlake. I did cinematography for that. Um, that was his first feature he did. It's on Amazon Prime and also Tubi as well. And he let me, he basically plugged me in with a distributor for Tubi. And he, you know, we met up, had lunch and everything. The distributor uh, paid for the lunch, which was great. <laughs> we ate at this really nice, fancy Chinese restaurant. Uh, his name is Curtis Boss. And, um, and uh, yeah, he's, uh, I showed him the movie and he was like, yo, this is, this is dope. It's going to do very well. I'm gonna get you a, get you a placement and um, boom. So while I'm done, as soon as I really get done editing the uh, ramen, my movie is already um, going into you know a network where I can uh, show it where it's a platform. So that happened, and now here we are. So right now here you are with Holly Cotton. Who to thunk it? <laughs> so in a nutshell, ladies and gentlemen. Speak it into existence, believe it, and just execute it. Faith without works is dead, as you already know, uh, my believers out there. And um, yeah, it's pretty much, I literally did that off a strand of talent, hard work, dedication, and faith. And I love that. And, and so I'm a big person. Actually, my second book is about goals. So I'm super goal oriented there. I have the same thought process. Like as soon as I say something, there is no choice but for it to happen. And I had something on my goals for this year. And I, I kept so I went to I went to New York City in December for Christmas. And I told my daughter, I was like, I'm not coming back until I have a billboard in Times Square. Like, that's just it. There's nothing. It's so, so then when I wrote my most recent book, we had promo and I had a billboard in Times Square. And I remember being there at midnight when it flicked up on the digital billboard and I about passed out because I was like, wow, because for so long you manifest something, you know, it's going to happen. And then to see it 
actually there, it's just, I mean, it's surreal. So when you first, like you said, you put all of your work into this, you put all your effort, you were like, there's no choice, but for this to, to be successful. So when you first saw your movie actually on a TV screen or, you know, on the, on the movie screen, whenever you saw everything that you had wheeled into that space actually pop up and your name was on there rewind and give us how that made you feel man i actually woke up to it because uh lily actually texted me and was like yo have you seen this and i'm like seen well i clicked the link and she sent me a link and um and then it goes to tubi i'm like (laughs) (laughs) and i'm just waking up wiping the eye boogers out my eyes okay so (laughs) i'm looking and i'm like yo it's, I'm, I'm, I'm like, hold on, am I really, uh, am I up? This is, is this a dream? Like, no way, this is really happening. Like, yo, I'm looking at my phone and it's there. It's on the platform because before that even happened, it was a long stretch. I don't, like, it took a while for it to get on Tubi. It, it was supposed to be on Tubi, like, last year. So, um, man, last holiday, actually. So it took until September 22nd it to uh finally launch so it was a long wait we, we were uh we we're having our doubts <laughs> we, were, we were in entirety we were like is it gonna come out like because all my actors and all the cast and crew were like yo you say it's gonna come out you know <laughs> and i'm like now i'm looking like a liar and i'm like no it's not my fault <laughs> i don't control too because fox bought tubi now so there's a whole a uh, different system of how they, you know, launch movies. But um, yeah, so, but yes, that was, I had an out-of-body experience. I'm not going to lie to you. That was, it was wonderful because it was like, finally, after all of that hard work and suffering. <laughs> Yes, it's it's like those Christmas movies where the kid touches Santa and they're like, oh my God, you do exist. Yeah, so it was great. It was great. Like no one can ever take that away at all. That, that was, part. But now we waiting for, you know, to see what happens. <laughs> right, right. So then let's go into that, the ramen. So you guys know, anyway, well, so I'm really funny as a personality, but it's so hard to impress me for a, a comedy movie. <laughs> impressed. I can't I know. watch this then. Like, I know. It. That's what I said. I said, I don't know why. Maybe because I have such a jovial spirit. So when something is supposed to be funny, I'm always like, mm, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so, so give us the plot of the ramen. So I want to know the plot and I want to know how you came up with it because it's actually a very unique story. So did you have a dream? Did you do, like, how did you come up with the idea? And then also tell us what the movie is about. Okay. So I'll tell you what the movie is about. Then I'll tell you how I came up with it. Okay. <laughs> okay. So uh, the movie is about Sweet Tooth Tony and he steals $1 million worth of ramen noodles in Los Angeles. And Detective Duncan, more. And his rookie uh, partner, Steven, is hot on the case to retrieve the ramen noodles. And how I came up with the idea for it was actually I Googled it. I was like, what is the dumbest 
uh, crimes people actually committed. And this is actually a true story. Someone actually has stolen $1 million worth of ramen noodles in Los Angeles. It's a true story. <laughs> it's not really that far-fetched. I know it sounds bizarre, but I the reason why I wanted to keep it original like that was because it's like, for one, it does sound like a movie. Like, bro, you got to make a movie about this. Like, still $1 million worth of ramen noodles. And I wanted to keep it original fresh where it's like, this actually happened. Like this isn't like something, you know, you just make believe like, nah, just Google it. And um, not only that, um, there's, yeah, that's pretty much why I want to do it. <laughs> oh, I know why I can, I almost forgot. The, the, I'm, the main reason why I made the ramen is a funny story actually. It was because I was so fed up of how everybody got all sensitive with this whole pandemic. So the ramen is a little raw for those pandemic people. And that inflicted the fire in me of like all those conversations I used to have with other people like, oh man, you should be in front of the uh, camera or you, you know, you have a great personality. And it was like, all right, it's time. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> I must break free. But I'll tell you this, sometimes, I've, and I've said it numerous times, sometimes hurt feelings motivate you so much. Yeah. You get your feelings hurt, boy, whether it be a breakup, a rejection, whatever it is. It, wasn't, it was more of my image of how I'm trying to pursue. Well, no, I'm just saying, what I mean, and, and not even necessarily hurt, but I'm, I'm, I guess I mean like you thought something was going to happen and it didn't happen or it didn't happen the way that you wanted it to happen and it just motivates you you're like you know what i'm gonna show bet bet we're gonna do it we're gonna do it right this yeah. time right yeah. <laughs> Straight up. and is that is that a poster above your head is that the ramen right there yes it is hold on wait. that's the official poster mm -hmm. official poster you will see when you uh, watch the film, you check it out on Tubi, boom. I can't go over no higher. Sorry. That's okay. We see it. We see it. Okay. Just so they know what to look. Because, you know, I'll be honest. When I'm, I'm on I'm on Tubi or any streaming platform, a lot of times I, I may not even read the words. I just look at the cover of whatever it is, you know, as they're sliding. So now you guys have a visual so you know what it looks like. Uh, yes. And so let me ask you this, Will, because I know you you talked about making it happen. You talked about the motivation behind it happening. But okay, there it is. All right, got it. And I'll I'll post it for you guys as well, so you can see it. And so, whenever you were going through the whole process, we always talk about the success, and we always love to talk about how it comes out at the end. But a lot of people don't talk about the challenges, or they're not transparent about the challenges. So I know you had to have challenges to achieve this. And for someone who doesn't know anything about filmmaking, and they have the same vision as you, what advice would you give them about some of the challenges that you had? Um, so while making the ramen, we had a few bumps where, uh, I mean, <laughs> just to be real with you guys, you know, I mean, we just had, uh, we had somebody on the crew. I won't mention my name, but we had somebody in the crew that was kind of disrupting the, uh, the process of it. So 
once um, we let him go, uh, it started to flow way more um, naturally, and uh, the chemistry was was working. So we had to we had to have a bump in the road when it came to uh, production on set, and then after. Um, one of the uh, editors kind of messed up the uh, footage of the ramen where I had to like fix it. I don't know what they did, but and also not only that, they uh, deleted a scene off of the uh, movie, and um, so that was a bit of a trial and tribulation. But we got through, uh, made some uh, changes with the clips, and where you couldn't even tell. So that was a bit of a hurdle as well. Um, just like, just, you know, Murphy's Law. If it can, if it can go wrong, it'll go wrong. <laughs> so there was another one on set where the uh, battery on the camera was like left on all day while we were like on lunch and moving to another location. So that was uh, another hiccup where, and, that, and the reason why it was a hiccup, it was because we only had that location for a specific amount of time. So um, it was crucial that we got that shot, but luckily we had another camera, so we made it work. And um, yeah, so it was just like little little things here and there, and, and that's yes, it's going to happen when you're on set. Like it, stuff is going to come up, and that's the thing about being a director is being able to uh, push through and be able to solve those problems and have that critical thinking moment. Like, All right, this is what we're going to do, guys, and be able to command your team and uh, lead by example. So it was it was challenging because I had all the hats. I was like the main actor, the director, producer, like, you know what I'm saying? So it was uh, it was a lot to uh, take on at the time, but we got it done. So, you know, but I it's not for the not for the week. <laughs> right. I can imagine. I can imagine. So what that sort of made my thought process go in a different direction for this question when 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 you make your first movie it's kind of like when you have a path in life and say you're say you're working a regular job and then you try to sort of detour and do something else and then people are looking at you but why are you trying to do this because that was working for you so why are you trying to go in this direction so i wanted to ask you Obviously, the first time you decided that you were going to edit, direct, do all of that, your friends, close associates, everyone was kind of probably like not doubting you, but they were like, oh, okay, all right, he, he's doing it. And then now that you have the ramen, like you said, everything, you're on Tubi, you're streaming, you're doing all of these things, it, it's successful. So did you find that when you started this path that people doubted you or do you think that they believed in what you were doing and they knew that, hey, this is Will, he's the one that's going to make it happen? That's a very good question. <laughs> um, well, to be fair, uh, my family supported me. Well, mainly my my grandma supported me more than anybody in my family because I told my grandma came and um, visited me while I was um, uh, while I was in transition at the moment, and she just came and visited me, and she was like, "Y'all, son, um, what do you want to do? Like, what do you want to be?" And I told her, "I was like, grandma, I want to be a filmmaker. Like, I want to." Um, uh, 
do film. You know, I want to make movies. So she gave me a, a ten thousand dollar loan. I mean, not loan, but investment um, to purchase my own equipment and start doing my thing. And ever since then, that's all she wrote because that's all I needed to be able to. Because after I graduated high school, I mean high school. After I graduated college, you know, I didn't have the the thing about being a filmmaker and having your own like see the thing is i have my own studio cool like that studio and you have to have your own equipment otherwise you're kind of digging yourself in the hole renting out from other places you know so once i was able to get my own equipment and i was able to go full throttle in that company and that's why it is what it is today so um And do you feel like you have the support of everyone now? Do people believe in in what you're doing now? Um, right. I didn't even really kind of answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's okay. Hey, we love Grandma. Thank you. Yeah. Love you, Grandma. Yeah, Grandma was the only one that really supported. You the real. You the real one. You the real one. Everybody else kind of was just like, "Oh, okay, yeah, that's what you want to do." You know. All- kudos to you but you know i don't i didn't think they would really see that i would get this far you know because i've been in the game for a decade and you know nothing's really popped until now so it's like i mean from looking at it from the outside in you would think it would be overnight success you know i've been doing filmmaking for 10 years plus been putting in my ten thousand hours like you know i know what i'm doing at this point so this is why like i'm confident enough to make a movie but as far as my peers, no, I don't think they uh, like, yeah, no, <laughs> I'm sorry to say there was no support on that era. I got more support from strangers, like uh, people that didn't really know me that to really be like, yo, you're dope, like, pursue this, or, you know, go, go here and, you know, get this connection where my close peers, no, they would never uh, give me that love or support. But, and, you know, that's okay because, you know, you never really do get that love and support when you're people close to because you know because it's like you don't want to which is the willie lynch theory which is sad but you know uh especially in our community black folks you never want to see someone else do better i don't know why but it's like not nah, the way i look at it is like if if he wins i win because that's another successful black or uh, uh black man or black woman that's you know getting ahead of the game you know and it, of course, once you get to that level, you're gonna help, you're gonna help. You're gonna help whoever helped you and whoever's genuine, you know what I'm saying? So it's gonna get received. So it's like go, go sister or go brother, go. And my um my energy, what I put out. But sadly, you know, you don't usually get that kind of love back. And it's crazy because since I put the movie out, man. I've been getting kind of, you know, like I've been getting mad love. Don't get it, don't get it. I've been getting mad love. From, like it's crazy. Somebody, my one of my uh, friends and the, one of the uh, uh, what do you mean cast members that was in the ramen called me to this morning, early in the morning. Like bro, like gave me the coolest uh, congratulations. Like you know, just giving me, just lifting me up, lifting me up as a brother should and. So don't get it twisted. I've been getting mad love, but I've been also getting hate. You know, you can just tell, like, you know, you can just tell. But we don't really pay attention to that. We pay, we focus on the good energy that I receive and that I keep receiving. So that's 
that's just what it is. Well, I I understand what you're saying also, and and I kind of had sort of a similar experience as well because what what I tell people that my family or my friends or whatever is I I always say oh, colleagues whatever I always say that the whole point of life is to constantly rewrite your goals every week it's okay if you want to do something different fine which until you find what you want to do and you love and the problem is is that a lot of people get so fixated on who you were they don't allow you to be who you are and they're just like oh but this is no but you you know this is what you did or this is who you are or this is how it is and so when you're trying to reinvent yourself to say no this is what i want to do now this is my passion this is where i'm supposed to be it's like they just keep trying to pull you back so now you have to find people that are where you are or where you want to be and you have to cut those off so i totally understand and sometimes it's sad because it's your family or it's your close friends and and you want them to be so happy for you and what you're doing but they don't understand because they're who you were and they're not going to where you're supposed to be so i totally get it. i totally get it well we here we here same same <laughs> but guess what they ain't stopping nothing because these trains is going till the wheels fall off so. exactly. it's like yeah i i still like i still want to do good by my family i still want to you know just bless people you know mm -hmm. you just gotta leave them in a different category it's it's who you were not where you're going so it's that's we love it we love it okay so last question tell us how we can find your movies how we can find you all of that stuff go ahead drop everything that you have all your mama your grandma whatever go ahead throw everything out right now so people can find you and everything that you're doing so they can support you okay ladies and gentlemen um first of all i want to thank you guys for taking the time even to listen i hope i inspired you to uh, pursue your dreams as well and you can find me at uh studios.com. that's the website for the company um, my instagram um is uh filmmaker and it's also cool like that studios and uh you can catch the uh, ramen the movie the ramen is on tubi streaming and it's free you don't have to pay for a subscription to uh watch the film so you can just download it it's easy peasy you can download your phone tablet t smart tv and boom just type in the ramen and there it is okay i love it and i will also have all of that information in the podcast notes and also in the caption because he didn't spell not one word. He just said a whole bunch of letters and everything. So I will break it down for the people that are driving or a little bit slow with uh, catching. C-O-O-L, <laughs> cool like that. That is D-A-T, gotta keep it urban. Gotta keep it urban. But uh, everything else is uh, cool, C-O-O-L, like D-A-T studio. Okay, I and I'm from Louisiana and I'm a Saints fan, so we're who dats. So you know, I got to make sure is it a D A T or is it a T H A T? I I need I need you to differentiate. Yeah, it's a D A T, definitely. Ooh. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Will, for sharing your story, inspiring other people. Do you have any final words? Anything that you want to leave with any listeners? 
Um, I'll leave you with this. The weak shall perish, the strong shall survive, and the wise will rule over all. I'm King Williams, and you guys stay cool like that. I love it. I love it. All right. That is King William. Thank you.